welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Welcome down. How are you going, buddy? Yeah, not too bad considering the game on the weekend. Yes, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Wayne can't be with us because of work commitments. So I've got something here for you to ponder, but don't answer me straight away, Dan. They say a week is a long time in football, but a year is even longer. This game against the Saints last year was our finest win without big-name players, and this time it was probably one of our worst losses without some big-name players, but we'll talk about that more in the final siren. We had some great games on the weekend, um, and like, as you said, some not so good. Uh, we'll do a mini waffle wrap in this show because we didn't do it on the weekend. Uh That'll, um, through the year, we'll either do a show just alone for it or we'll try and incorporate it in this one. But we'll do that in the final siren. So I'm going to ask you a few questions here, Dan. Apart from the Eagles fade out, which we will discuss later, what caught your eye this round? Uh, caught my eye. Probably, I honestly think Melbourne's win over Geelong. Um, because... Melbourne's a team you can never really have faith in because they've always had the list and they get your boy into almost, but then always let you down. Um, to me, that's the best win because it shows no matter how disappointed we were on the weekend's game from our perspective, it could be worse. You look at Brisbane, you look at Geelong, yep. and they were actually top four. They finished higher on the ladder, but yet they're having the same similar woes to what we're having right now. Yeah, well... It's not in the questions, and the one that was you've just answered because you just said it was the best game, um, and it's surprising it's the best start for Melbourne since 1994. Um, it's, uh, for me, what's standing out is the top teams of last year are the ones finding it hard with the new um, way it's going. I think it's changing. It's The game is actually slowing down, so that could be working in the top four, six teams' favours going forward. What do you reckon? Um, I find any team that's a kicking, marking team, this is actually really helping. Um, I think anyone that's willing to kick and... The Bulldogs is the only outlier to that. They, they're a yep. running and hand-passing team, but teams that like to cut off directions like R- Richmond, I find it, it's impeding them more. Because um, even Hawks, even though they're bottom of the ladder... They have been thereabouts in a lot of their games. So anyone that's kicking a lot, I think that's the only people that are really getting affected by the new rules because they can play on from the mark with the yeah. guy standing there kind of thing. And also anyone right now with a power forward or two is licking their lips. Well, from round one down to round four, um, I think it was from goal to goal, it was 27%. It's down to 17%. So it's already dropped 17%. So it's working its way back to what it was a bit last year. And Simo did say the first six rounds, the game works itself out. And by round six, you'll have the game that we're looking at. I'm going to ask you this question. You're the coach in waiting. Who would you rather coach, Kangaroos or the Giants? I'd rather Kangaroos just because I think they're right now in a lot more mess. So they're guaranteed. If I'm walking straight into a club, I'd love to say this year you're getting the number one pick and most likely next year you're getting the number one pick, which means you'll probably get pick 19 as well. So yep. you'll get these two picks uh, inside 20. They might think it's a dire situation and give you a compensation pick, so two in the top 10 even. Um, and to me, that's where I would like to be. Right now, Giants have the better list, but 
oh, they're going to have to rejig. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to lose a lot of plays because they've already hit their salary cap. They don't have all these number one picks, so to speak. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm the same as you. Um, I'd go for North Melbourne because the only way is up. So the upside's a lot better. Exactly. Um, last week, Damien Hardwick floated a lone player idea. Now, what the media didn't pick up on was, I think he was deflecting the Richmond's loss. And it showed because he didn't know the person he was talking about his name, which was one of his players. Couldn't even get the name right. But he did float it. What's your idea on it, the lone player idea? No, I don't like it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we've got the mid-season draft nowadays. You've just got to limp. You've nailed it. You've got to limp towards the mid-season draft. And that's where you... We use Suns as an example. That's when they can pick up. The best ruckman in Waffle, Sample, VFL, whatever league, that's where they can pick up. And why would you give a player to another club and then... The other clubs, given all their intel, that player goes back to the club. You get all their intel. You know how to play. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. why I think it was a deflection on how bad Richmond were playing, Definitely. and it worked because they got hardly talked about. And how are you going to manage a player? If you're an opposition coach, you've yeah, only got this team. play for six months. You don't care about managing that player because you haven't got his well-being <laughs> You don't care if he's got osteoporosis pubis or a shoulder injury. You're not gonna. Oh, well, that have to surgery. You know that that have to pay for so it. So it's just there's way too much yeah. murky grey area. It's you got your pre idea. To you got a preseason draft and midseason draft. Yeah. And if you want to make it, make it a midseason trade period. <laughs> and that's where maybe he was trying to get going. Yeah. I don't know. Um, would you look at trying to lure a Tom Rockcliffe to the club as a free agent next year? As he's a free agent, can't break into. He's been the sub four weeks in a row for Port. I do think we need his to, best mates with Redden to look at bringing a mature age player in. To me, he's too old. That's not what you're looking for. I want a mid twenties, uh, you know, twenty seven year old. You know that kind of player. So he's Dan- thirty. So Daniel Rich too old. Daniel Rich is too old. And see, the thing with me is, I don't want a mid tier player. If we're going to bring someone in, you need to you overpay. As soon as you yeah. trade in a play, you've got to entice them to come there, unless it's a come-home issue, so you overpay. So to me, I don't want a play that's good. You've got to go for a star. So the only reason I believe that is um, you add a Crips to it, yeah, that's great. You know, you add a Merit to it, I don't think Merit will go because I think Essendon, where they are now, will be able to pay him to me. Well, they, but you want the A-grade. You want the best of the best. Two, two teams, Port Adelaide and Melbourne, have chucked their hat in the ring today. Yep. Offering him a contract and money, so it's going to be interesting with that. I'd like to go uh, Merritt. Um, there's one kid I do like at Richmond that can't get a game. He's young. He's a big body. His name's Ben Miller, ex-CB Echo. And um, if you're looking at for somebody that ilk, he, he, he can play the midfield. He's a good player. But you, know, you might get him cheap. He's another person I'd look at. Quickly, last question. I was going to wait for next week, but today the topic was... Um, some of the coaches have asked for the end of season bye, which is the week before the first final, oh, yes, to be changed to the week before the grand final. What's your views on it? Oh, Would you get rid of it? Uh, no, the other reason uh, is get rid of it. I think it's a great idea because if you're playing in the prelim, let's say Nick Nat gets concussed. Yep. He can't then play in the grand final. By having the bye before the grand final, it it um, it's basically a loophole for the protocols of yep. their... 
Um, and that's why there's concussion rules. I think it's come up because of the girl from the AFLW in yeah, Melbourne. Can't play grand so final, can't yeah. play the grand final. So yeah, look, I looked at it first and I thought to scrap it all together. But if you're looking at the concussion rule, you got the sub there already. Uh, you brought that in at the the last knock before we started. Yeah, right. So I I reckon all the clubs would be in agreement to move it, and really. Those two teams are the ones that should benefit from a buy, not every all eight teams in the finals. Well, that's it. It diluted the advantage top four teams really got yeah. that buy before then. Um, we all can remember 2016 where doggies were on their knees. They had injuries galore. Yep. They had to travel to Perth the week before like the last round yep. to play Frio. Now, they came over here. They got all their players back fresh. You know, they had that week off so they didn't have to jump on a plane or what, like... Come go back to Melbourne. Yep. A couple of days they jump back on the plane, and then they won. And they four. Us, yeah. yeah, and then they, they won, and it worked out. All right, that's enough of the questions. Let's get into that game that happened on Saturday. It's the final siren. Heart and hunger breed success, and when you leave that in the change ribs at half time, you find that quickly a game can change, the momentum changes, and you end up chasing tails. And that's exactly what happened on the weekend. West Coast got a lesson in speed and pressure, 33 points in front during the third quarter against St Kilda, and they stopped to a walk when the Saints just rammed up the pressure and when run out, 20-point victory, 15-12 to 13-4-82. Um, where do we start, mate? Oh, like I'm normally very much a glass half full kind of person, but that to me was probably one of the worst games I've ever watched. Eagles. There's been games where we've got the worst game or worst half, quarter and a half. Realistically, the, that's what makes it bad, and it is only that quarter hmm. and a half because there's been games where you know we're not switched on, but the other teams. Dominate. Yep. Or was it 2015 and finally, you know, Hodge was kicking snaps from 40 metres out on the boundary line. You just, you had that feeling that wasn't our yep. day. But this game, the unforced errors, the lack of skill, the failure to do the fundamentals of football just went to, went away. And it was just a disgusting display to watch. It was horrible. And as a supporter, you could see it come, And you couldn't, watching that, you couldn't think how we're going to get this back because you wouldn't even know where to start because their skills were just so appalling in that space of time. And it was just a horrible exhibition to see as a supporter. Well, we'll get into that in a second, more in the second half. The first half, like the Eagles lost Shannon Hearn to a calf in the first five, ten minutes, all right? So they're straight away, that's probably upset the balance of the team. Um, but our, for the first two quarters and a half, Jack Darlin, he kicked the first two goals. Oscar kicked the third. Kennedy then got one. Petricelli ended up kicking five and uh, three in the first half, yeah. uh, only one in the second half. But it dried up from the 16-minute mark of that third quarter, and the ability to turn those forward entries into goals just killed them. We only had 13 inside 50s for the second half, and I think it was 36 for the game. For a team that's supposed to be contending for the premiership, that's just... Not good. Saints had 17 more tackles and 12 inside 50. We only had six for the whole game in, in, in our inside 50, and they had 15 more clearances and 77 more possessions than us in that second half. That's a big number. Well, you touched on two th- very important things there. Uh, we got destroying clearances. That was It was horrible. I've never We haven't missed Yo and Shui as much. As we did that game, watching that. But then you also talk about Hearn leaving. Well, 
Sometimes we lose the clearances when these players are out, but we attack from our defensive half. Shannon Hearn's averaging 21 disposals this year. Soon as he's not there, we didn't have that elite kick. Like, we were dropping marks. We were dropping Jess marks all over the ground. We were missing targets by foot. And to me, that's that's where it was lost. Um, yeah, this, well, this one game is an outlier, though. Yeah. I do think, yeah, I agree, the tackling it was a deplorable, especially in the, sound, the pressure. But that can be a misleading stat tackles because you're not first to the ball. You can only tackle if you don't have the ball. The, a lot of games, the winner usually has less tackles. I, I wish there was a breakdown on tackles, on broken tackles. Yeah. Because they count a broken tackle as a tackle, and to me, that is not a tackle. Um, and to me, and I've said it for the first four rounds, said it all last year, and plenty of other guys that we talk about off air, and we talk about our tackling. Is this, are we a bruise-free football team with no pressure, expecting to win games with our possession long kick mark game? Or can we adapt? Because it seems to me, when they turned on the speed, and I know you want to ask me a thing about speed, we had nine players over the old 190 centimetres. And Simo did say it worked for two and a half quarters, but when it counted, it didn't. Yeah, I do think... um I'll put a pin in a little bit of that because I'll come back when we yep. dig into the game a bit more. But I wanted to ask you this question. Last year, I don't know if you remember, we all uh, Wayne was here, so we talked about, right, we like the look of Waterman and Oscar, Alan. They're the future coming. Yep. Let's keep them in the side all year. Even if they have a slight form, let's get the game into them. Now, we've talked a lot off air about we need pace and, you know, all this stuff. Um, I think if you kick well, you, you counteract us. But our two, two of our fastest players, Petch, and Brander, do we now take that outlook? Do we say, right, they're the two quickest players. Let's not bring them in and out of the side. Let's say, right, let's give them a good block and let's get the footy IQ, so to speak, in, into them. Brander's already got a bit of that footy IQ, but he's got to work on consistency. We'll, we'll give him that block, give yep. him that. Petrosalli, more games will help his footy IQ. Do you think, right, if we're lacking speed... We have the same outlook as we said last year with Oscar Allen and Waterman. Do we have the same look right now? We've got to keep our two quickest players in there. I think you've got to keep your two quickest players in there. It's a no-brainer. But to me, when you're putting Waterman in the back line, when you've already got Rotham, you've already got McCubbin, you've already got Barras, it was way too tall. And Waterman ain't fast, right? So straight away... Um, Shep plays as a tour sometimes. And Shep was on memory for the whole frigging game. Um, to me, straight away, memory didn't do much until the last quarter, but when he did it, he turned it on. Um, the pace is there. we got younger players, and that's what was pleasing for me. Petricelli put himself in the right spots. I thought Brandon's first half was pretty good, but he wasn't alone in the second half because everyone went missing. So I just think we would two different games. I just thought we were too tall against... St Kilda, and I said that before the bounce down. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. Um, Petrocelli, it's just so sad that this ended up being a loss because it's hard to look at the positives from a game, and that was a great game. Four goals for Petrocelli, and if it wasn't a fade-out, he could have ended up with another one or two. You don't know because, as you touched on, 13 in the second half, there was no supply anymore Mm. for the forwards. 
His two good best games have been losses. I, I said that's a mouthful. Five game. games against Port and four games against St. Yeah. Kilda. Let's have a look. Let's take... We're not going to dwell too much on it because it was a shocking second and a half, but this is where it all went wrong. Terrible kick from Barras fell short to Jeremy McGovern. He got caught holding the ball. McKenzie ends up kicking a goal. McGovern kicks into the man in the mark during the final term. I don't, I, I don't think he got a goal, but it resulted a bit later on. Liam Ryan ran too far. That's what the... I thought he actually... I've seen people run further, yeah. but that resulted in a goal. Um, Darling with 10 minutes to go, and there was no one near him within three metres. Front, back or side, and he drops the easiest mark I've ever seen ever. Has he got something wrong with the easy marks? Is he overthinking it? Because he'll take a beautiful pack contested marks when it comes to a nice lolly one. He's got butterfingers, mate. Well, I'll take that pin out now because this is what I was waiting for. <laughs> like, you hear a lot of things like plan B and all this, um, but should the coaches make more moves? Um, was there not enough tackling? Did you not have enough speed, which we just talked yeah. about then? Do you think if Brass was quicker, he would have made that kick? No. No. Do but, you think but Gov, if he was quicker or tackled harder, would he still kick in the man mark? Yes. Would Ryan... If he was, it sounds ridiculous, Ryan's got a bit quicker, would he remember then to, to bounce? If Darling tackled more, could, would he then mark that? That's why I said this game was lost on the fundamentals of football. Yeah. The kicking and the marking was so important. And you just listed four there. But the big, And that's fundamentals football. That's kicking and marking. The biggest one that we lost it on was pressure. Yeah, but none of those was really They were. They pressure. were pressure. But how it was, it was marks. They, they were they were inside fifty, back back in in out in out in out wasn't going past our wing, and the pressure on our backs was, was the ball was just coming in too much, and the pressure when they aimed it up, the ground ball. I don't know what it is with us. I think the differential in ground ball was eighty six difference for oh. in ground ball. It's because our guys don't bend over and pick the bloody ball up. I, I, I agree. Like and that's perceived pressure. Stuff. Yeah, maybe in perceived pressure. But what I'm saying is, if you don't do the fundamentals right, and the simple fixes for that is like, right, they're pressuring you. That doesn't mean you can't kick when you've got a mark. That doesn't mean you have to kick on the man on the mark. That doesn't mean you forget that you need to bounce the bloody ball. That doesn't mean you can't take an uh, easy chest mark. That's what I'm saying. If And that's the game. Yeah. You don't four things right there. We lost by 20 points. Those four crucial things, if we'd kicked right, we would have saved goals. There's, if Darling had uh, marked, and it, was, it wasn't it was just those, because we brought out individuals, it was everywhere. Like, dug in around the ground, right. we were dropping marks around the ground, we were turning it over around the ground, and then once it, the ball hit the deck, because we've touched on it, and you're 100% right, we're not a good ground ball side. We're a kicking and marking side. As soon as we're not kicking and marking well we've opened up a bad can of worms because that allowed them. We were already losing the clearances. We got so smashed in yeah, the clearances. We were already losing the clearances, so we couldn't win the ball that way. <laughs> and this is where losing her and hurt because we couldn't attack from back line. And they kicked a lot of behinds, but we couldn't then attack. And we won the best sides from scoring from defence. And, and it disappeared because our marking and our kicking just yep. was not there. And we did not kick a goal from the centre clearance this year. 
this game. Mm. Even when we were 33 points up, we hadn't kicked a goal from the centre clearances, and that was a bit worrying to me. Um, I don't know when what went on with our midfield, but they just weren't there that day. Uh, like we said, at half-time, Sheed was playing really good. He had seven touches afterwards. Yeah. Um, Kelly was fumbling every second ball he fumbled. It was like, this is perceived pressure. Um, what I want to say to you is, we got eight unanswered goals on us. Four, by the time we got to four unanswered goals, Simo's reaction was to put a player loose behind the play. But see, I... That is the wrong, that's the wrong decision straight away. Mate, he we... should have gone one-on-one, manned up, and put the contest back to a one-on-one position and got the momentum back. But he put a game behind, so that means they had a player behind, and that's where they continued their overlap. Um, I like it's funny. Like uh, we normally agree. On area. I disagree. Well, that's what happened. Yeah, but you've already touched on. We had thirteen inside fifties. What what point is there having Oscar Allen up forward when we can't even? Get but we him didn't. In there? But he had a game behind play, right? So instead of making the what I'm trying to say is yeah. he put one person behind play loose. Yeah. Right. It, it, that person loose left one of them their players loose. Yeah. So you got to man up. But what I'm saying is, you've got to try wrestle momentum back. We weren't getting inside fifty, so I I don't think. Well, what's the point of having Oscar Allen inside fifty if we're not getting it? We were failing before that mark. They were scoring. Yeah, but we're turning we. I'm trying to talk. I'm talking about. I, I agree totally with you. I'm trying to stop momentum. And the only way you stop momentum is by going one-on-one. That's the only way you stop momentum. Because if you put one at least play, it's always got... You, momentum might change for a while. You've got to stop it. Jamie Cripps was supposed to be on Jack Steele. Yeah. Jack Steele hardly touched a ball in the first half. Cripps had a good first half. But the roles were reversed, and when it come to be winning, Jack Steele was the one that won the game for him, and he ended up with 10 Cajun votes. Yeah, like, Cripps was another one that was very soft on the ball, but the one-on-one style, and it, people hate hearing this, um, especially traditionalists, which I actually put you in that game, and that is not an insult, that means you're passionate forward. It's been dead since the 90s. Yeah, but it's coming back. No, it's it is. not. Mate, the number one team... In the AFL is the dogs right now, yeah, the, and they do a zone defence. Yeah, they're they're, the, they're the only team that are not doing. And this is a stat that came out today. They're the only team that, when it comes down to locking down, they're the only team that haven't gone one on one, right? At the top of the ladder. But though. when they have, they haven't won. Like, I, All right. I'd, I'd never see a team go one. And if you say, I'm saying just to stop right. momentum, not for the whole game. I'm saying to stop momentum, Dan. I just don't see how that works. Like that's what I'm saying. I, I disagree. Like well, I don't I, see how that. That's works. how it stops. Like because if the, you're getting scored on, the scoring's already there. He didn't put that loose player back until the scoring was already no, no. making goals. I'm not. Yeah, you're, you didn't start you're missing that. what I'm saying. No, you're saying go one on one. I'm saying at four goals I think unanswered, dead. Like, uh, I really well, it's do. not I don't because because why would anymore? And if you go one on one, you're allowing the opposition coach to dictate what you're doing. I haven't got the stats in front of me. I listened today on SEN, and they were talking about this game. Yeah, and they were talking about the one-on-one stats when people try to go back in defence to get the momentum back. They get one-on-one, they get the ball back and they slow the game down. And then once they get that, then they start going, flinging off again. And we didn't do that. We didn't even do it once. And that's why I'm saying our B plan and whatever it is, Simo's the only one who knows what it is, there was no B plan. 
He didn't even try anything. He just backed their players in to get the ball back. And when it come to getting it back, 10 minutes down, when we're only like, I think we're a, a goal down, our best, one of our best forwards drops the easiest mark in the world. Like, but again, I think we're looking too much in it because it was the fundamentals. Like, you, you keep touching on it. You're saying miss marks and stuff. That's fundamentals. One-on-one wouldn't affect Darling. Yeah, Darling. I know. But, you, but let, let me finish, Was I know, but we're getting off track yeah, here. but let me finish. And you said there, uh, Simpson didn't try anything. But your whole thing is the fact he did try something different and drop a loose player, which he normally doesn't do. But that, that's his that normal. That's his normal thing. Like, no, he'll put Oscar Allen back when uh, Barras and Gov goes off. Um, and as I said, I just think but you, if you go right, you keep saying yeah, Oscar Allen, if, right? If you're a coach and I'm a coach, right? Yeah. And you say, oh, I'm going to play one on one. I'm like, great. I'll dictate where the players are. That allows no. Let me finish. Yeah. If all right, so you're the coach. Yet. Great. He just wants to play one on one. Great. I'm going to dictate where players are. I'll drag. All right, this player wants to play one on. I'll drag the key maker out. I'm then dictating what's happening on that field. I, I agree with you, Dan. But I'm. I, I agree with you. What you're not missing. Well, I'm trying to. I'm, maybe I'm saying it wrong. For five minutes, all he had to do was lock down the play. For five minutes, lock down the play, and he didn't do it. And he doesn't do it. He never does. He couldn't do it. <laughs> we, we, he, he can. He just got to make position changes. He, he, he had. He changed. Um, he says it here that he changed Waterman and Duggan in the last quarter. Yeah. Too late. Too late. Uh, yeah, well, the, the damage was in the third quarter. That they, they were getting the roll on. It, it, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree totally with you one on one. I wouldn't want to play that a full game. But to lock down and to stop the momentum for five minutes, you lock down on a player. Everyone on that team locks down on a player and then you get your ball back and then you start playing your game again. We've done it before, yeah. but we don't do it enough. But th- see, this is... <laughs> Like, we, I understand what you're saying, up. but I, this is where I'm disagreeing. Because yeah. you just mentioned all these things we did wrong and mistakes. No, like, they're not no, mistakes. You, no, let me, no, I'm talking about the mistakes you've listed. Yeah. Gov kicking into the man on the mark. Well, if that was one-on-one, he's still going to kick into the man on the mark. Ryan running too far. If it's one-on-one, he's still going to run too far. If it's one-on-one, Doug, um, yeah, Doug can drop mark still. I agree with uh, you there. Darling drop I agree. mark still. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, I'm not saying... I'm agreeing totally with you. This is what I'm trying to say. I agree with those mistakes are going to make regardless where they are, and those guys don't usually make those mistakes, but they did. And it's either comes down to pressure for me that they perceive they're under pressure, they had to rush it, right? I'm just saying when the game was there to be brought to a a halt, they were getting the pace. You have to slow their pace down, and that's the only way I see about doing it. It might not be the right way, but. That's the way. I, that's what I would have done if I was a coach. I'm not a coach, but that's what I would have done, and that's my view. Yeah, I seeing. understand that. I'm just saying I have a different view. Wasn't yeah, it? that's cool. Because when you're leaking goals and they're coming hard, and you're only having limited inside fifties, I would drop a player back to try and stem the flow, get uneven numbers in their defence, because a lot of their goals were crumbing goals too. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If you're not getting in your forward line, I wouldn't waste a forward there. I'll try stem the bleeding once you. Get well, momentum back or stem their momentum, well the, then you can put your players forward. Again. Well, the person he put back was um, Jamie Cripps, and I thought that was the wrong one. Right, but anyway, let's really change get the, the topic because you mentioned it yeah. then. And it's, I hate to say, the Duggan in the midfield, to me, that didn't work. He's got to go back now. It, yeah, well. It hasn't really worked this year. And he did. He got most of his disposals at the end there, but he was another one that was very sloppy and dropping marks. Sally, I think the pretty much bar two players to me, 
had a bad game in my opinion. But yeah, and it hurts because I was real confident of this. But yeah, I think Duggan now, and there's nothing wrong with that. Shep played forward, Shep played mid when he was drafted, but he's now an All-Australian back. I think Duggan is now, we've tried it four games. It hasn't really worked. He's not posting massive numbers, and he is valuable down back. I think that's a change we now need to make is Duggan back again. All right. We'll talk about more about midfield in the bounce sound because I've got a fear that I'm going to float with you. All right, let's get into uh, a bit of the waffle wrap. It's the Eagle Nation waffle wrap. All right, the Eagles well known for them being the only bird to fly into a storm, and we did that on the weekend. <laughs> but we didn't do it too good at Splendid Park up in Yanchip. I didn't even know where the hell it was. I thought it was at Junalup. So um, from people that were at the um, at the ground, it says the wind would just, if you had the wind and you didn't take advantage of it, you were going to lose. It quickly, West Coast got smashed. Uh, West Perth, 19 goals, 620 to West Coast, 6 goals, 6. Um, but... Out of every loss, like uh, we did in the AFL, there is a few shining lights. Ainsworth, 37 disposals, 10 marks. Wiverton, 27. Um, he had four tackles. And Zane True, he had 17 possessions with uh, seven tackles and three marks. They were the ones that stood out. Um, we had a couple of guys that were um, in the top-ups that kicked goals. Infini, Nitschke, Rolly Bard and Hansen and... That's about it, really. Yeah, there's um, so much context to Teo's game around the actual game itself. Uh, anyone uh, doesn't know Yanship's Two Rocks Way. It's on the coast up north. It's windy there the best of times, and you're playing a game up there <laughs> on the tail end of a cyclone. That's bad, uh, like, bad s- fixturing almost. I saw some highlights, yeah. and, um, yeah, like I said, um, if you didn't take advantage of that wind, it was it was a good wind to have. So That's it, and... but. Also, with the fixturing, never ever have the Waffle side and the AFL side playing at the same time. And I know it's very hard this year because AFL's got that slight floating yeah. fixture, but this one wasn't part of that floating fixture. No. So it's like you should never have them at the same time. And you talked on the players that uh, went out emergencies. The way I look at it, we're going to get every second week, we're going to be in trouble because. Anyone, I hope everyone did this in the Waffle Wrap because I love this segment that yep. we do and I love the standalone podcast. We talked about best on ground was probably Vardy. Best midfielder, you know, probably O'Neill. We liked his clearances, you know, but it was a great thing. And we talked about Winders' five goals. All three, you've taken your three best players, put them on a plane, and they yep. can't play at Waffle level now. And there's, usually it'll be one or two, but because of the sub now, it is about two or three. And that's a problem we're going to have with this side for the future. So every second week, we're going to be addressed with this same problem where we've got three of our best players out of that side. And we were undermanned. We only had nine players that were AFL listed playing in the team. So like you said, every second week, um, we're probably going to have to expect a couple of big lopsided um, things. Um, Look, we're only briefly touching on the Waffle Wrap because we want to give it as just deserves. Uh, this week, I'll be going down to the game, and I think it's live on Eagles' website this week. So we'll give you a better rundown and probably a standalone one coming up this week. So I think they're playing... Who are they playing? Swan District's at yeah. uh, Steel Blue Oval. Um, so that's on Saturday. So if you can get down there, go down and watch some of the guys because the Eagles game is on the Friday. So you should be able to get down there. And, you know, we might have a good win against the, uh, yeah. the Black Ducks. And just quickly on the actual players... 
that's a mighty effort in bad conditions to our Ainsworth. Oh, yeah, Ainsworth. Bit, everyone likes the new flashy things, you know. I like O'Neill because he's coming mm. in the attack. Um, he's coming with his late kicking. You're a big fan. Well, we all are, but you're a big fan of True. You know, you like his gut yep. and his tackling. But we forget about Ainsworth. He's a young kid, and we can be harsh in our own place. But that's oh, we're harsh, yes. He's, he's followed up a second week yep. now. Very well playing that midfield. Well, I'm going to bring up his name in uh, the bounce sound, but there's not much of him, mate. He's he's very skinny. It's amazing and he didn't snap in that wind. I, I believe it was you. <laughs> we spoke about this. Someone got the inside information. They're trying to make him faster. So no, that, I think that was Wayne. Was it Wayne? Was yeah. it? Yeah. Which makes sense because he's not bulking up. They're probably like, well, we don't want you to add heaps of muscle. We want you to work on your cardio, basically, and your pace. So oh, well, it kind of makes sense with his physique now. Yeah. If anything, lost weight. Oh, yeah, he looks, looks finesse, man. So, all right, let's get into the bounce down. We'll give you a better uh, waffle wrap next week, guys. I'll make sure of it. It's bounce down. All right, uh, bounce down. I think me and Dan will agree on this topic, but <laughs> after the old uh, the final siren, a little dust up then, putting on the gloves. Um Round five versus Collingwood this Friday night at Optus Stadium, 610. Uh, you got to catch public transport, so you want to get in there a bit early. Some people will be finishing work. Um, look, the Pies lost to the Giants by 30 points at home, so like the Eagles, questions are going to be asked. So one I asked to you, and I think I'd probably ask it in final siren, where the two teams that played for the flag in 2018... Have we adjusted to the new game? We think we've basically answered it, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Like we, we, we've answered it. If you're clean with yeah. the ball, it still works. Yeah. But if you played like you did on the weekend, you won't beat anyone. The, uh, I think the one thing with Collingwood is they have had a problem for the last two years getting scores on the board. But when they come to Optus, it holds no fears for them. Let's go through the five times that they, we've last met. They beat us by a point last year in the final. You know, I'm not going to go on about that game again, but again, we didn't react too quick. Uh, round eight in last year, we won by 11 goals. So it's like chalk and cheese, those two games. I'm hoping this week, this Friday, we see more of that because that would be good for us. Uh, round 17, again, they won at Optus by a point. So I love coming here. MCG, we won that year at by 22 points. Grand final, we won by five points. And the five games before that, Eagles three, Pies two. So it's a great rivalry. Oh, it's one of the best in footy right now. I honestly believe that. Um, Eagles have to come out firing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of questions were asked of Saints from the loss to Essendon, and they came out firing. And they, you talked very much on their pressure. They came out hungry. Now, we've got to have that aspect coming out. Oh. Questions are now being asked for you. You touched on two a week's a long time in footy. We've gone from premiership favourites to... Are they done and dusted? Um, so and the, we've got to have that yep. burning desire in our guts, and we've got to attack this game hard. What I don't want to see with the Eagles, and we'll touch on it probably more next week, is we're going to win the home games, but we don't win the away games. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see that happening. So, But we're at home. We cannot afford to drop this because it sets up your season. We've already dropped one that we shouldn't have. So this one we cannot afford to drop. I'm going to go on the – I'll go through the current injury list before we get into the Collingwood side. Um Brander, uh, oh not Brander, Jared Cameron. He's if he gets through uh, training this Wednesday, he'll be playing waffle. Hutchings is the same. Uh, Shuey's out till round fourteen. Uh, Venables is out till whenever. Um, Elliot Yeo, well, there's 
Simo said last night, basically on TV, second half of the season. So he's basically saying after the bye. Uh, Archie's a test tomorrow night. If he gets free, he'll play waffle minutes. He might be one that can come back in, but because he's done a hammy, slight hammy strain, I wouldn't be risking him. Um, and Shannon Hearn, well, he's our latest injury, two to four weeks. They say two weeks. I've never known a calf to be two weeks, mate. The only thing I've is, done them a couple of times. Yeah, and The only thing is I wonder if they will um, won't play this week, won't travel the week after so he can have his record-breaking games for the Eagles at, at home. In front of home. So don't be surprised if that's two. The one that I love in there, and it's not one of our He's not really in the best 22 right now, but I would love to see in the side right now is Cameron because he tackles, and he tackles a lot. I remember there was a game he had 12 tackles in that game alone. Puts on that defensive pressure. I'll quickly just go on uh, Collingwood's injuries. Taylor Adams, knee, 10 weeks. Elliot, I think a broken leg, 8 to 12 weeks. Bianco, 4 to 6 weeks. And Nathan Murphy, concussion test. Let's get back to Jared Brander. Um, the small forward, it seems to me the sub... Is going to be a more forward floating position. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because it has been thus far, but I don't think it's so much positional. I think uh, we've just all last year and beginning this year we've missed Willie Rioli, so that's been our um, Achilles heel almost. So I think that's the the fringe players right now. We haven't got a small forward locking down that role. So I think it's just because because we've had Petrus Sally come in there, we've had Jones come in there, we've had Winder come in there, and I think they're all vying for that role. Yep. Um, so I think it's a coincidence, but I think it will continue to see that trend, though. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how, how, how it happens there. And, hey, look, we're blessed with small forwards, so... Yeah, it's more pressure on them, and it's gonna. Those small forwards are gonna have to do it. Um, But like you said, you're always gonna have one small forward star, and the other one's gonna have hardly anything to do. Jones could be in um, trouble for being dropped this week, but we'll get to them in a second. Magpies, they got A graders: Penderbury, Degoe, Grundy, Sidebottom, Howe, and more. They're the A graders, right? So these are the guys that are available. Then they got your next lot: Cox. Milicek, Greenwood, Brandon Sir, he might not play. Maynard, Main, Crisp, and Hoskin Elliott, Dacos, and Quainer. After that, you've got some young guys Trey Rusco, Will Kelly, uh, they reckon Finlay McRae, he's a brother of Jack's from the Bulldogs, um, and another kid called Caleb Powder. And there's another guy called Reef McGuinness who's super quick that could be coming in. But I reckon they'll be putting Levi Greenwood in. He was a sub last week. I think he'll be coming in because he'll tag somebody. Always does. Yeah. Um, <coughs> it's funny thing you ask about the tag because Wayne's not here now, but he would have loved to talk about Nelson. Um, he said, should we bring him in? Basically, he's a tagging mm. role. Now, I loved it. They did it on Bont in the second half. I think it worked. Last week was a funny game because we couldn't win in the midfield offensively. So I don't think going more defensively would have helped because we were just getting obliterated in there. Yep. But this week, 100%, I would put Nelson on Pendlebury. Nelson's a young kid, got a good tank on him, loves it, got a bit of mongrel about him in the good way. Pendlebury's over 30 now. You put a young kid with a good tank on him, we could take Pendles out of that game. And with Taylor Adams not playing, suddenly something that was such a weakness last week which was our midfield, suddenly we can turn the tables on that because we still got Gaff. We still got Kelly. We still got Sheed in there. Redden had a horrible game. Let's hope he can recapture some See, points. I didn't think he had such a bad game. I I didn't have one midfielder having a good game. I wouldn't say I he had have, a great game, but no, I didn't think he played I, I bad. Think you touched on Sheed had a good first half. Second half disappeared. Mm. 
Kelly got a bit of the ball, but the turn, I didn't have one mid for having a good game. I think they can turn that around. You take Pendlebury out, have Nelson as a tango, which this is actually Wayne's idea, and I yep. agree with it 100%. If the matchup is right. Totally. And I think we can, because uh, let's be honest, Kelly's not a bad kick of the footy. Sheed, that second half was one of these worst performances I've seen in in a long time since 2018. Yep. So the calibre is there. The depth isn't there, but we tag their star, and suddenly if ours get off the chain, and let's hope... Uh, I don't think Grundy's going to run into Nick Nat as much as Marsh did. He'll probably try to go head-to-head on him. Uh, my, my, question is, from the my question is there, and I agree, Nelson's got to be a lockdown. And not just for this week, the rest of the season. Yep. Just become our lockdown player. Um, now, you said you'd do it. Wayne said he'd do it. I said I'd do it. Yep. But will Simo do it? That's a different question. I think he might actually because that he has said in the media that that midfield has to change. So it, I think it's something too. But see, it could be just like what we said earlier about Duggan going back. It yeah. didn't work for it. It could be that. And technically he's not lying because that is a change. But is Pendlebury um, the person to lock down? I would lock down Pendles, yeah. I think... Um, I remember you guys got into me, but when I said he's an overrated player, and I meant that in the purest sense, where yep. he's overrated. Not he's not a bad player; he's a very good. When player. he gets a ball, the ball, but he's the hardest soul stop. of that club, yep. and I never disputed that he is the hardest soul of that club. Side bottom? No, I would I would go Pendles. Put a, a gaff or Cali on side bottom, and because you can't tag them all, you got to head to head with some. And I'd like to say, fine, side bottom, you go do your thing, but that's going to allow Cali to do his thing. And Kelly, as I said, his disposal was down last week. But he is in ripping form this year. And so is Sheed, for that matter. They're ranked elite in most categories, statistically. All right, well, Melbourne are doing exactly what they did with St. Kilda with Collingwood. And they seem to do it against West Coast every time. Yeah. Um, if they're coming off a bad loss, they're just talking about they've got to do this, got to do that. Um, some are even floating that they'll chuck uh, Jeremy Howell or Darcy Moore forward. I can't see that happening with our tours. Um they might do that the week after, but I just can't see them doing it. He's too good back, Darcy Moore. You, you don't want to do things no. like that. I, 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 I hate that move. He's right. an intercept mark. He's, he's there, McGovern, yep. basically. Bunger is out, so he comes in. Is it a straight swap, or is it they no, move, move him around? They can't have Waterman as backman again. No, I, I didn't like that. And I was actually surprised. We touched on yeah. the, in the Waffle rap that he, we thought he needed an extra game in the Waffle to get a fitness up. So I was surprised, and you touched on yep. him. No, I was very well. surprised. You touched yep. on me too. I was very surprised. I think... Personally, straight swap for Witherden. But if Duggan goes back, which I think it very well may, yep. they'll then have to pull Nelson out, or they're going to have to drop a Nelson or a Cole or a Rotham. Well, I reckon I reckon Foley will come in before Witherden. Someone's telling me that Foley will get the call up before Witherden. I don't know why, but there's someone telling me that he will. And I, I can see either Winder or Jones being dropped down to a sub. Sub role, and don't be surprised if they chuck in. And I would have said O'Neill, but he went on the plane, missed well, football. Yeah, I agree with that. Don't be surprised if Zane True gets chucked in this week. So the only thing with that is, I agree 100%. O'Neill, he's my pick of the bunch yeah. for our young mids because you know me and I, yeah. anyone listens to this podcast, I know I'm I'm obsessed with kicking and disposal efficiency. That's my thing. That's how I think you win games. But you got to reward a player that's put up the numbers. You got to reward. Um, form and Ainsworth's doing that. Uh, Ainsworth is doing it, but maybe that's what I'm saying. If they keep Nelson in, they've used Ainsworth as a lockdown before, so no, maybe I, I don't I, know. I think he would have to go winger. Like, 
I don't like Brandon on the wing. I don't mind him trying him in the guts, inside mid. I'd like to see that because he's tall and quick yeah. around Nick Nat, but I don't want him loose on the wing. Um, well, I think Ainsworth loose on the wing, especially if they are working on his pace that's been rumoured. Um, I'd love that, just let him run around and try to get loose balls everywhere. Well, I know Eagles need to get their team balance, and um, that's my, one of my things from the final siren segment. I think our team balance is way out, um, but... Like we said, most games are going to be won in the midfield. It's going to be won in the midfield again uh, this week. Uh, what's your uh, tip and margin, mate? Uh, I think we've got to come out firing. Uh, you touched on Pies, got that fire in their gut, they're getting hit over there. We're getting hit over here. Um, I reckon Eagles by 27 points. Right, well, I'm going to be really, I don't even know what the word is, but I'm going to say Eagles. Yeah. And I'm going to say an easy six goals. Well, I, for some reason, I just you, you read the fire, the fires in the belly, and heart and hunger it will get you wins and it breeds success. And if you leave it in the change rooms, what happened against St Kilda will happen again this week. Uh, Magpies don't mind Optus Oval, so Optus Stadium. So we need to take it up to them and keep their forwards quiet early. And I think we'll get on top. That's it, that's it, I agree 100%. All right, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we got round six coming up. There's Geelong at Alphabet Stadium, then uh, you got the Derby on round seven at the following Sunday. Uh, get on Negro Nation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go on to Multitude Podcast podcast platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Uh, there's endless. And uh, download the shows from there. Uh, good show, Dan. And we'll put the boxing gloves on again next week. Yeah, well, let's hope we don't because hopefully we're <laughs> after a good win. Yeah, it's a good win. All right. Go Yeah, the West Coast sky I will